Welcome to Road to Equity. This is a student-led podcast where we discuss equity, inclusion, and diversity. We hope for you to gain a new sense of learning and inspiration to integrate into your daily discourse and facilitate conversations surrounding these topics with your community. We also hope you can find a deeper meaning in these conversations and become an equity advocate. So whether you are listening from your couch, on transit, in the library, between classes, or in the comfort of your own home, sit back, enjoy the ride, and come with us to this journey along the road to equity. We would like to start every episode with recognizing the lands we are situated on by including a land acknowledgement. Ontario Tech University acknowledges the lands and people of the Mississaugas of Scugog Island First Nation. We are thankful to be welcomed on these lands in friendship. The lands we are situated on are covered under the Williams Treaties and the traditional territory of the Mississaugas, a branch of the Greater Anishinaabe Nation, including Algonquin, Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi. These lands remain home to a number of Indigenous nations and people. We acknowledge this land out of respect for the Indigenous nations who have cared for Turtle Island, also called North America, from before the arrival of settler peoples until this day. Most importantly, we remember the history of these lands has been tainted by poor treatment and a lack of friendship with the First Nations who call them home. This history is something we are all affected by, as we are all treaty people in Canada. We all have a shared history to reflect on, and each of us is affected by this history in different ways. Our past defines our present, but if we move forward as friends and allies, then it does not have to define our future. So you're probably wondering, who are the people behind these voices? Well, wonder no more. It's Jade, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm currently in my fourth year for forensic psychology. Hey everyone, it's Leah, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm currently in my fourth year of human health sciences. And I'm Raina, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm in my final year of the biology co-op program. Road to Equity! Hey everyone, welcome to our final episode of Road to Equity. Today we'll be talking on the topic of mental health. As we go into the exam season, it can be a very stressful time for all. Therefore, we just wanted to dedicate this episode to shedding some light on the importance of mental health and have a conversations on ways to cope with stress during this time as a student. This episode will be a bit different. Instead of inviting an outside source, it will just be Jade, Raina, and I conducting this episode. So let's start off with my first question. Let's do a little check-in, guys. How are you? Like, really, how are you doing? Um, you know, it's been good. It's been great. Kind of stressful, you know, going to the end of the semester, also going into our final couple of weeks into graduation. I think it has been a lot lately. And I think something as mental health is really important to check in. But how are you, Raina? (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I can definitely feel the pressure as we enter the final, I guess, couple of weeks before we're done our undergraduate career. Mm-hmm. It's a little intimidating, but it's also really exciting for what steps may come next. So very mixed feelings. Um, but I'm definitely excited to be here tonight talking with both of you about mental health. I definitely agree. Definitely mixed feelings for <laughs> sure with the stress of exams and finishing and kind of deciding what our next steps are after school. But I'm excited at the same time to see how it goes for sure. 
Well, that goes into our kind of first question of the day. So what do you guys think is the importance of mental health? For me, mental health is extremely important, just as important as any other type of health, whether it be spiritual health or physical health. Um, It should not be downplayed because it can really make a huge difference in our lives. And like I said, I think it's extremely important. Um, Every day, really, we should be considering our mental health and seeing how we can maximize it and seeing maybe why, if we aren't feeling well, how we can improve ourselves to feel better um, and just doing those daily check-ins. How do you feel about it, Leah? I kind of want to connect on like what you were saying, like how our mental health, like I feel like our mental health involves like our spiritual health, our physical health, our emotional, psychological, like well-being. Like we have to be well in those areas to like have a healthy lifestyle because if we do not, if we're not doing well in those areas, our lifestyles can be in jeopardy and we can go through tremendous stress. Like we may not be able to work as productively, especially as students, like we need to have focus on schoolwork and all. So it's like, if our mental health is not up there, we will not be as successful as we want to be. What about you, Jade? What do you think the importance of mental health is? I 100% agree. Like all those things that both of you guys said, I completely agree on. And in terms of like, balancing the different forms of health i think prioritizing your mental health should be just as important as your physical health your spiritual health etc because without you functioning properly and like being there for yourself like it's so hard to be able to physically be there if that makes sense (laughs) no i get what you're trying to say like (laughs) our mental health is if we're not in the right headspace we cannot be productive within our life and like getting things done so definitely yeah yeah, it's important to do these check-ins it's important to talk about it and figure out like where to go from there like it's it sucks when people like don't receive um the kind of help that they need but Mm -hmm. it is important to source out those um resources and go and figure out how you can fix it rather than just keep it lingering of course and i think that's also a smart reminder to tell us or to even just check up on each other and say like hey how are you just like kind of how we started because you never know how others might be feeling and even that small little check-in can go a long way so i totally agree and sometimes i find myself when i'm seeing someone else i haven't seen in a while or just seeing someone in passing when they say how are you doing you just want to say oh i'm good even if you're not doing good and i think there's a lot of pressure to be outwardly positive even though you might be going through something so i think it's important to be your authentic self even if it's not being a hundred percent good all the time and i think that's important to talk about so going from that i just wanted to ask you both What are some mental health challenges that you know about? One challenge I would say is stigmas being heard about mental health issues. Like common phrases I've heard in passing are like depressed people are lazy. Those who suffer with with bipolar only want attention. I had one girl at work and like some people um, who actually was diagnosed with bipolar and one a lot of the co-workers would be like oh she just wants attention she just wants attention it's not real and I'm like it just hurt my feelings because I feel like 
they weren't educated enough on like what it is and they were just throwing away these common stigmas that you hear or even like another one like schizophrenics are violent like no one really some people just don't consider what they're saying without learning about it first which is it's really sad to see because we can't be throwing around these stigmas if we don't know what's really going on within the mental health community um no i 100 percent agree leah like it's so frustrating especially learning about all the different mental health disorders and like the diagnoses and seeing like what people on a day-to-day go through and how people perceive them and i think one of the biggest misconceptions is how people view mental health and not normalizing having these conversations like for me an important topic of discussion is mental health and growing up in an asian household and speaking about feelings of anxiety and like depression they were so suppressed and it was such a taboo topic for and for so many people around us struggling in silence and being ashamed to reach out for support and getting those resources i think it's more than important to advocate and have these conversations i completely agree with what you say um and within i'm from trinidad so like within the caribbean community um i feel like mental health is not a topic talked about much i feel like our feelings are often suppressed and our a lot of our like parents don't really understand like how we are learning now in school about this topic and they're just like oh yeah just brush it off like it's nothing but like it is a serious thing and i it's it's something that needs to be taught everywhere because when i talk about it with my family in trinidad like mental health it's like oh like it's like a totally new thing to them and they just don't understand like where you're coming from they just think it's like a feeling like you're gonna have it for one day it's gonna pass type thing and it's like ugh it's so much more than that and i just it's just so frustrating because like you feel like you can't come out and talk to your family about it in these situations and like you need that source to have somebody to talk to which is kind of sucky and that's such a big support system like having your family so not being able to talk about that like i didn't i don't think we actually talked about mental health discussions to like probably like first year university mm-hmm. like it was probably like a small topic here and there in high school rarely talked about in like elementary school yeah i think they're just like now kind of focusing it more and implementing like different programs like obviously there was like anti-bullying programs and all that but i think there was nothing to actually talk about mental health in particular yeah i can see that happening now within elementary schools especially because i do have a few family members that go to Mm -hmm. elementary school and i was shocked i was like oh so like it is a topic getting known within that environment as well which is a good thing because Mm -hmm. it's seen so much more now like a lot of individuals are coming out like realizing that they have a mental health issue like it's a good thing that it's getting out there and we just need the support to continue like that's such a good point and you know what i never considered the fact that in elementary school i was constantly told like in school um not to bully others and like treat others with kindness which are great things absolutely that's those are things people should do um but like you said we were never really taught how to deal with feelings um of difficulty when maybe you aren't even being treated unfairly maybe you're just struggling with your mental health for other reasons that was never really addressed for me growing up either so I think, yeah, if, if like you said, if it's more being talked about and 
elementary school age children I think that's really important and I'm glad to hear that's being addressed from a younger age because I wasn't really exposed to those things until I entered Ontario Tech and I think the supports that we have at the university have really helped me address various mental health issues and I'm really grateful that I have those options now but it would have been nice to be exposed to those options at a younger age as well. I guess that brings us to our next question. So let's hear, what are your go-to coping strategies? Sure. So I would say at this point, I have a lot of different coping strategies. I was very fortunate to take a course um, a couple years ago called Coping and Stress. Um, I'm sure Jade has also taken this course. Um, We spent a lot of time talking about different coping strategies and why there are so many different ones that may work for different people and how some are better than others. Um, I would say my go-to coping strategy lately has been um, going for walks, being out in nature, trying to reconnect with the environment. I find it's very beneficial for me. I really like hiking, so I've been doing that a lot lately. I also find spending time with my friends and family really helps me feel reconnected and less isolated so that's a really big one for me um i also find that journaling and making lists about how i'm feeling helps as well um just to see maybe there's a lot going on in my mind sometimes it's nice to put a pen to paper and kind of figure out why i'm feeling a certain way and if i write it out it can help me put those feelings out there and maybe work through my emotions a bit better how about you guys yeah I completely agree I love going on hikes like especially taking my dog out for a walk is like one of my favorite ways to de-stress I just want to add to the thought that I did take stress and coping as well it was a very educational course and I think what made it different from all the other courses that we usually take is it honestly taught you it was kind of like a self-reflection in a sense to help you like understand your personal individual goals to help you manage stress better and it kind of narrowed it down to like the more biological side to it but understanding that helped you understand how it plays out in your life and how much stress affects you and there is good stress too which is like also talked about of you stress and like kind of helping you push towards like motivating you to do your work and help you achieve your goals but something that I would say like our coping strategies is like is probably like more less traditional in a sense like I would love to call my friends and my family just spending time with them and I think when we think of like de-stressing it's more in a sense that it's not taking a luxurious bubble bath or like buying expensive things it can even be just like going for a walk or just taking some time to yourself. I like those ones. I would like to point out I'm sad that I didn't go to that stress and coping course. That would have been very beneficial. But some coping strategies I have, like Lena said, I do like journaling, just writing out my feelings and just seeing where I can go from there and kind of work through it. I also like, I'm a bit of a venter to my friends. (laughs) I talk to them. I like talking to them and just letting go of my feelings as well as I'm 
very family oriented so I love being with my family like even if they don't know what's going on I just like being with them and it just kind of helps walking and going to the gym and just doing um, physical activity also helps a lot um, I like being active so that kind of takes away the stress from my day a little bit and kind of helps me be a bit more productive in my day so I feel like those are my go-to coping strategies out of the coping strategies you both listed though do you think these are good coping strategies I think for coping strategies, they're really dependent on the person. So I think it will depend on who you are and what works best for you. And I think a lot of the coping strategies we listed were very similar to each other, which I think is kind of interesting. But I don't think any of them are bad coping strategies. I would say a bad coping strategy is something that maybe harms someone or people around you so for example like drinking excessively or gambling to forget about your woes would be poor coping strategies so I would say the ones we listed are great examples Um, they definitely give the individual a lot of time to reflect on themselves and reconnect with their environment so I think they're great I will say there's nothing wrong with a luxurious bubble bath either, though. Um, Can't say that that's a bad thing. Personally, I I also love a good skincare routine. Just spending some time in the morning to to yourself really um, is great. So, yeah, I would say in general, we have some great coping strategies, but there's always room for improvement. Um, What do you think, Jade? Yeah, I think adding to that, like there's no like specific... ABC plan for a coping strategy. I think everyone has their own individual needs and what works for them, what probably works for someone else, but it could honestly be different from person to person. No, yeah, I agree. Coping strategies depend on the person and a lot of people have different ways of dealing with stress, which is interesting to see. I like, it's interesting to see that we do, like how Raina said, have a lot of similarities when it comes to our coping strategies. And it sucks to see that there are some bad coping strategies like drinking and to get, like forget about the pain. And there's often a lot of people who do go through that and it, uh, it's hard for them to get the help that they need in those areas. No, I 100% agree. I think it is very easy to get into a bad habit or into those bad coping strategies. So promoting healthy practices and healthy things like going for a hike or eating healthy or even going for the gym. I know I haven't been the most consistent, but I think it really helps motivate your friends to go and to get into that habit. So So as we've just discussed, it seems that coping strategies are really important. And I would say that goes hand in hand with self-care. So I was just wondering, what are your boundaries that you set to ensure that your self-care needs are met in your day-to-day lives? Um. For me, I am a big planner. I like to plan out my day. Um, Usually, like, every Sunday, I plan out, like, my week on what I'm going to do. So, for example, like, how I like being physically active, I make sure that I put that into my schedule somewhere during the day. I usually like to go in the morning. Early mornings is kind of my thing. If not, if I'm working during the morning, I just try and fit it in in the afternoon. But I try to at least fit one of my coping strategies into my schedule that day just to make sure that I am hitting it so I'm more productive within my day because if I don't I know that 
I will slack off and not get the things done that I need to get done. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Leah. I feel like my days are always so packed. So making sure I plan it out, even if it's by the hour, I try to make sure I squeeze in a little bit of self-care. Um, when I think of boundaries, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be sexual, spiritual. The first thing that comes to my mind is more kind of like the emotional boundaries. I feel like I want to say I'm always that friend that a lot of people go to for support or even like advice, but it gets to the point that sometimes it can be a lot and it's really important to set your boundaries and saying no and keeping that time for yourself as well and making sure that you have time for yourself to check in on you because if you can't be there for yourself, how are you going to be there for other people? And I think that's such an important boundary that I set for myself is making sure that I have time for myself before I help others. So did you want to add anything, Rena? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I also tend to more recently set boundaries with my work-life balance. So a big thing for me has been learning not to respond to emails after a certain time each day or at least giving myself one day off per week to kind of decompress instead of doing school constantly, which has been an issue for me in the past that I've been working around. Um, but yeah, definitely trying to find that good balance in my life so that I'm not doing too much has been a key thing for me this year. And setting boundaries has been really important in relation to that. No, for sure. And I think we're all students. So I think we can all say that our schedules get pretty busy at times and more than likely at times we're more likely to burn out. So I think it's really, really important to prioritize going for a walk or taking some time for yourself or even just taking a second to breathe is really important. Yeah. Now that we're on that topic of being a student, since we all are students, um, this kind of relates to our next question. What are some personal mental health challenges you have encountered as a student and what has really helped you? I mean, adding to our previous question, I think some mental health challenges that I've faced in my university time is honestly just kind of prioritizing getting all my deadlines in check, all my work done, being social at the same time, going to work and like kind of managing all that and prioritizing my mental health. And I feel like my mental health gets pushed on a back burner because it's not something that I'm constantly thinking about and like taking the time to breathe. So I think as a student, balancing your life is really important and making sure that your mental health is prioritized just as much as your physical health. I agree with what you said. Like, personal mental health challenges I've encountered as a student is definitely balancing school, work life, um, socializing with my friends and family and everything, and just making sure that you get all your tasks done at a reasonable time because it can become a stressful time with all, like, the back-to-back -back due dates. And it's just... Ah, it's a head rush sometimes you just have to it's overwhelming <laughs> it is it really is overwhelming you, honestly you just have to take it one step at a time like how we do we do plan out our days so it's like it's nice to have that breakdown and just yeah you gotta breathe <laughs> time, get your tasks done in a timely manner and just go from there because if you just try and do a million things at once it's not going to work and then it's just gonna mm -hmm. 
create more stress. <laughs> it's just going to be a stressful time all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And especially for students, I think there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're having trouble managing your semester, you can totally withdraw from a course or two if that's what's going to benefit you the most. If you're ever feeling overwhelmed, then I think that should be talked about more. You don't have to do it all. You just have to do what works best for you, especially where you are in life. If you're struggling with your mental health, you got to take some time for yourself to figure that out. And if that means taking some time off of school or getting rid of some of your commitments that aren't as important, that's totally okay too. Yeah, I just want to add it on on Reina's thought. Like having a less or lesser workload is something a lot of students can also do. And I think normalizing, asking for help, I think that's something I had to learn like the hard way is when you're not, you don't always have to have 100% of everything going for you. Like if you need help, feel free to just reach out and don't be scared to because it's only going to get to be a bigger problem than what you have at the moment. So reach out to your professors, reach out to your friends, your fellow students, like they want to help you at the end of the day. <laughs> I agree. Like, from personal experience, I honestly did take a lesser course load this semester, and it has helped tremendously. I listened to my academic advisor, and I went to it. I was like, ah, stressed. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> and how having only three courses this semester has been a great help. I've been able to focus more on school and just get my tasks done in a timely manner instead of having the five. Like, I know that some people are like, no, I need to graduate at this time. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, like take take your time. Like it doesn't have to be a rush thing. Like you can do it one step at a time, get it done more effectively that way rather than rushing it and not coming out with a good outcome. You know what I mean? As someone who's in their sixth year, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> yes. it, everything can be done at a person's own pace. Mm -hmm. um, there's always room for accommodation. So like you said, it's important to stand up for yourself and do what's best for you and it's your life right so you got to do what works the best exactly totally agree so many of us well many of us may have been um in university as the pandemic was going on so well still going on but <laughs> how has your perspective or definition of mental health changed since the pandemic so for me i've honestly learned how to take things slower, how to appreciate life in general, appreciate the little things. Mm -hmm. um, life isn't certain, right? And I think we've all learned that. And it's been a really difficult time for everyone. Um, personally, I've probably struggled the most with my mental health during the pandemic. And lots of people were isolated and not just mental health concerns, but the physical concerns of contracting COVID and that can be scary in, its, in and of itself. So definitely I feel like my perspective during COVID changed and as we kind of move into this new normal, I feel like I've learned to appreciate mental health a lot more and prioritize my own mental health. Um, I think that's been a really important lesson I've learned not just physical health, but also mental health. I 100% agree with what you said, Reina. Like, I just want to bounce back in your thought. I think 
the pandemic has definitely pushed me to talk about mental health more just because it has affected all of us in so many different ways. And I think having that loss of connection throughout the pandemic, not being able to see each other like face to face, physically there, I think it was really hard. And I remember when I first started my club, like the Filipino Student Association, we had to do everything online. Like all of our events were online. It was just hard to get people to come out and just like having that form of connection, that human connection was so important because we got to be able to talk to each other. And I think it has changed me to think about messaging messaging my friends or just reaching out and just saying like, hey, how's everything? Is everything good? Just checking up. And I think that really made me appreciate everyone that is around me and who supports me. So yeah, I agree. I feel like before the pandemic, I like yeah, I, I learned about mental health a little bit because I think the pan I think it happened during my first year. It just year. happened right in our second semester. Yeah, our second semester, first year. So like, because when I came to Ontario Tech is when I really started to like learn more about mental health and everything. So like during the pandemic. And losing that connection and seeing what people were going through, I feel like I learned a lot more during that time. And it has helped me to, like, focus on self-care, reaching out to my friends and just making sure everyone's okay. And, like, learning about these different mental health issues that we, like, everyone goes through. So, yeah, like, the pandemic has definitely changed my perspective on mental health from what I've known before the pandemic happened. I totally agree with what you said. And... I think it's kind of wild that the pandemic made us feel so isolated, but in a way it brought us closer together because Mm -hmm. we were all going through the same thing and we were all feeling these intense emotions. And now I hope as a community, especially at Ontario Tech, that we can grow together stronger moving forward. On to our next question. What can we do to advocate for mental health and normalize seeking support? Um, I think we have a bunch of great services offered both on and off campus. One being the student mental health services offered within the campus. We have a bunch of amazing support systems there, whether it's counselors, student um, peer support, or self-help resources. And we also have an amazing campus recreation wellness center. I think me and Leah can say it has been a great stress reliever, especially during this busy time. Um, And even the library. like. I know it's not always something that most people kind of gravitate towards, but even being just on campus and seeing your friends is a great way to seek support. Yeah, like, as a student, like, um, advocating for mental health is very important because we do go through stressful times all the time. So it's nice that we have these resources on campus to use, and I hope that it's, like, promoted enough with on the camp like within the campus community so students know that it's okay to seek help it's okay to go talk to somebody because for some it's really hard to really express your feelings so advocating asking that person next to you like hey how are you doing today like simple things like that too just asking like how we were saying at the beginning asking if you're okay like making sure that that person is like in the right headspace and everything is nice but Definitely, it's nice to, like, promote the resources on campus so everyone knows where to go if they do need help. Yeah, and it all starts with just, like, saying, hey, are you okay? Or, like, hey, how's your day? Just, like, a simple conversation. Even to talk about normalizing having these conversations is so important. 
listening. Definitely. And I think active listening is a really big part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, If I could suggest anything to any of our listeners, it would be just listen. Mm -hmm. People are talking to you. Just listen to them. Let them talk. Ask questions. Show that you're there. That's all that a lot of people really need from a conversation is knowing that you care and that you're there for them. So definitely would recommend active listening. And we will also have some of those resources um, that are at the university linked in the description for this episode. So definitely check those resources out when you're done with this episode today. And you're probably thinking, what's active listening looking like? But you're already listening to this podcast. So (laughs) I think you're already a step ahead. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I think that brings us kind of to an end. I guess before we leave, we can bring our last food for thought for the day. What are some tips and advice to help you with exam stress? So some tips and advice that we came up together as a group are ensuring that you're getting enough sleep, especially around exam time. It's not good to be staying up until like 3 a.m. studying. Trust me. Um, Eat well, drink well, keep moving. Ask for help. There's people there to talk to you. Make sure you ask for help and practicing self-care. I can't stress enough how important sleep is. Like, I know I don't always get my eight hours in a day, but you need sleep. And that energy drink is not going not. to substitute your sleep. It's <laughs> so not going to help you. <laughs> Probably sleep. If you have the option between getting at least five hours of sleep before an exam versus cramming all night, take the five hours of sleep. Take your it. brain will thank you for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's the best advice I can give. Yeah, because going into an exam tired is just not it. Like, you need to get your sleep. (laughs) And sleep, you actually consolidate that information. So the cramming, you're not going to remember the stuff if you don't sleep first. So get that sleep. All right. (laughs) And And I think eating well, too. Like, I can't stress enough having a nutritious diet. Everyone's going to tell you, eat healthy, eat your vegetables, blah, blah, blah. No, you your brain needs it. Your brain yeah. needs brain power. <laughs> so, for sure, for sure. And I think we're briefly just going to touch on the self care medicine wheel for a second. So, I will lead Jade into that. So, the self care medicine wheel is actually a wheel brought up from our indigenous community. We would like to talk about the four different aspects of it. It was physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional. I can kind of briefly go over what are some ways for each part. So physical, we kind of talked about it, whether it's going for a walk, taking a bath, drinking more water, getting those sleep hours in, and even dancing. Like I think we always forget that not everything has to be serious at university. It's okay to take a step back and have a good time. Some spiritual ways can be offering a prayer, using your medicines, learning more about your language and culture, or speaking with an elder, either either on person or on phone, and drinking cleansing, healing teas, and practicing acts of kindness. Um, a mental way is practicing mindfulness, breathing deeply, and taking time to reflect, contemplate, and just kind of talk about your day. Also considering um, writing in your journal or visualizing your goals and taking breaks from social media and the news is really, really important. I think I can't stress this enough. I think social media can be a lot at times 
and seeing the news, it can be a big downfall in your day just because of how negative it might be. So just taking a break from that, I think, is really important. And emotional, feel and be aware of your emotions. Call and connect with the friends. I know I'm always ranting to Leah about my day, whether it's about school, whether it's about life. She's my go-to kind of rant person, but it honestly ends my day on a good note, having someone to talk to. So, Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening in on our final podcast. I hope exam season goes well for everyone, no matter if you're doing an exam, you're writing a final paper, whatever it is. Make sure that you do those self-care tips. Get your sleep, eat well, drink well, do your thing, get your exam done. (laughs) We wish you the best of luck in your exam. And thank you for joining us on this journey to Road to Equity. Road to Equity.